Hi, welcome to the Leadership Pathway podcast. I'm Sean, and I'm sitting here with Dave and Kristen Miller, co-founders. Hello. Of Leadership Pathway. It's great to be here. As always. Here we are. A lot of my week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is uh, this is session four of a short mini-series that we're doing on some important topics around launching residency. And this one's about coaching, which is, you know, Kristen Miller's expertise wheelhouse. <laughs> Gosh, I, yeah, it's what I do. I don't know if I'd say complete expertise. I feel like I'm learning every single day. <laughs> well, this is this is going to be good because I think when we talk about coaching, a lot of times when I have the conversation with a church about coaching, they they are asking, is this like direct coaching you do? with a resident like are you are you getting in the room with them and coaching them uh, and really this model's built around coaching the coaches right it's around right. like like this is about coaching the coaches so let's talk about that first why why do we believe churches are the best ones to do that development yeah well so when we work with a church we know that um, a church leader knows the team dynamics knows the culture knows um, really just what are best practices that um, they can help a resident learn so that ultimately they can be highly desired and hireable in ministry. I mean, that's that's really the goal. And yes, you know, we as the outsiders have perspective, but ultimately it's the church that knows what's, what's going to be um, the best fit and the best way to, to get that um, person to to serve well, to lead in a way that's going to f- just be appropriate for, for their church. And so, um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time on phone, uh, on the phone calls and Zooms, um, really just kind of trying to support church leaders who are in the trenches doing it. And some have been veteran leaders for decades of years and others have only been in for a few years but nevertheless when someone has a young person look to them it is an opportunity to get better at your leadership um, and what I find so beautiful is that um, young ones can teach old ones and old ones can teach young ones and it's this mutual yeah, growth that's good yeah okay so what 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 makes a good coach what do you what do you look for in practice that makes somebody really successful at this? Mm -hmm. Well, first I would say most of us were not fully developed and I don't even know if there's a true mark that we can say, oh, that's full development. But um, so I think some of us would come from the background of, yeah, I, I was thrown in the deep end of the pool and thankfully I did start swimming. So for most, we don't have something from our background to say, hey, I'm gonna draw on this. So knowing that, most of us aren't natural developers. So it is a little bit of a learned practice, a learned skill. Um, one of the things that we really try to emphasize is that, first of all, it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of your mental, physical energy um, and investment. And that's really what this is. This is more than having um, a member on your team to um you know, speak into as a boss. It's really more, yes, you're a boss, but you also have a few other hats as a coach. You are, you are a friend. Um, you are also kind of a parent or a big brother, big sister. <laughs> and I, I feel like you're in that camp probably more than any of the others. And, um, and I think some of the pushback that I'll hear initially is, oh, I don't want to micromanage or, 
you know, I, I assume that they, they know these things. And, you know, I, one of the things, too, we just really emphasize is like, just don't assume. It doesn't do anyone any good. Go ahead and spell out. Let's let's just say, hey, let's let's see where you are, and here's here's our um, here's our expectations. But let's walk through this. Tell me what what you have known, what you have done, and it's okay. You you don't have to have this all the answers. That's not what this residency is to help you grow and give you experiences. Um, we don't expect you to be rock star material today and um so a good coach spends time developmentally um having conversations Mm -hmm. one-on-ones every week at least one hour a week um providing challenge feedback but also support and um so it it is it's a little more intentional loving but also still don't don't be sheepish about giving them the, the appropriate challenge so that they are, you know, appropriately overwhelmed. They're going to need to feel the weight of ministry at some point. Yeah, but right. but at first, you, you got to provide somewhat of a safety net. That's good. Okay, so so we know they're going to learn through experience. Mm-hmm. I know we, we have this guidebook, right, that goes through these 20 core competencies that gives material. But you're saying those developmental conversations, I mean, those are those are the thing that really makes this happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we, we need to want, and I know a lot of us have heard this phrase, we need to want more for them than from them. And um, I think, you know, sounds good, we know it, but in the day-to-day, we forget some things. Um, everyone's plates are full, and um, it's quick and easy just to say, hey, you you resident, go do this. And yes, we all need to pick pick up the pieces of things or set up chairs on occasion. We all have to do some menial things. But these developmental um, skills, the soft skills that we really kind of focus on along with the practical ministry skills are things like taking initiative, um, being able to, for some people, for some residents, it's being able to explain what is it to have initiative. You might have a, a resident, and I've seen plenty of them that, you know, you're having to say, whoa, slow down. I want you to, to observe and watch and help me before you step in and give me your ideas. While others may struggle to have initiative and they need it kind of concretely, tangibly explained to them. Um, you want them to be able to try something new this week without being asked to do it. Like m- make that super clear. Things like conflict management is another soft skill. Um, none of us love having to navigate tension, <laughs> have difficult conversations, but a young person, for instance, who's in student ministry, having to um, navigate that parent that's not very happy with how things went, you know, how, how can you do that in a way that's respectful um, and not shy away and put it off, but go and do that mm. appropriately. That's good. Are there... And this is, you know, this is just something I've thought. Are there are there some ministry areas that are harder for churches to hand things off in? Mm-hmm. Like, are there some some areas that a student or a resident will serve in that you have to really remind that church leader, like, hey, you you have to give them more to do? Mm-hmm. Have you seen any of that? Yeah, I think uh, I think sometimes it's the church, sometimes it's the leader. It can be mm. either or. Um, what I have seen in some churches, and I um, I think I see this more common in very large churches, that the worship um, experience on the weekend has to be stellar, mm. and rightfully so. Um, 
But a worship resident, for instance, may be more in a specialized area, and week after week they're singing one song or they're, you know, preparing with Ableton, but they're they're not actually leading or they're not even doing the huddle. And so it's in those times that I'm pushing like, okay, the end goal, the end game is that this person needs to chase after everything that you know and you do. And I know that it might not be in the forum on the weekend, but what can this person be able to do from soup to nuts to feel like the experience of um, planning a team night with all the band members, um, feel the weight of that ministry and learn how to lead, learn how to talk to people. And um, um, the other thing I would say, uh, sometimes it's a leader, it's not just a, a, a church ministry area. Um, sometimes I've experienced leaders that um, may coddle a little bit, for lack of a better way to explain it. Um, They want to protect their residents so much that they don't give them the full opportunity. Um, Yeah, and that only does a disservice to them because if it is a two-year plan, you know, we're hoping by month 16, they're filling out a resume, 18 month, they're starting to apply for jobs, they've got their video website, um, or you know, potentially they could be hired at that church. And if they haven't had a story, multiple stories really, of being able to lead something and build it, you know, not just lead a small group and that a super volunteer can do. Yeah, It's gotta be, you've gotta be an equipper of leaders. Yeah, it's about preparing more than a role player for something. Exactly. Somebody who's just gonna find their niche in running the soundboard, which can be really valuable. Yeah. on a weekend, but helping them find a new level. That's good. When I think of training, I think of education, books, fill in the blank worksheets, watching video talks, right? Mm-hmm. When so, so we don't call them trainers, mm-hmm. call them coaches, right. coaching. We don't talk about training. Talk about co- why do we use the word, why do you use the word coaching? Yeah, that's a good question. Especially, especially yeah. if you've never played sports, which you, I don't. Well, we don't I, need to go into that. I love sports, <laughs> but I had, am not athletic. If there had been a Scrabble team, you would have been the captain. <laughs> or music, I was more in that realm. Okay, but, yeah. But yes, you're right. And so, there are vocal coaches. That's right. There are. Mm-hmm. So why use the term when you think when you use the word t- coaches? What comes to mind versus trainers, and why use that term? Yeah, um, a coach pulls out of us more than what we would push ourselves to do. That's that's really what it is. Um, I I love March Madness basketball, and um, sorry if this offends anyone, but I'm a Kentucky Wildcat fan, and so I love it when Coach Calipari takes these young one and doneers, you know, and he <laughs> he gets the <laughs> he gets the <laughs> gets, freshmen, <laughs> gets yeah. team of freshmen. He he takes them from raw material solo to become team players, and you know, try to win championships, and you know. It's pushing people to go and do the hard work to get to where they need to be. Trainers don't push. Trainers hand you the worksheet. Yeah. Professors make it hurt, kind, but not really. It's not really them. Right. It's the system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And coaches are—they'll risk that friendship. Right. That's right. good. Kentucky Wildcat basketball reference. You got that, it in there. Dude, I, that's, got it in there. That's, I was going to bring it up when you said she doesn't play sports because she doesn't play, but she watches, she watches and things screams like it's like and, and gets angry. 
It's yeah. the best money college basketball can buy. <laughs> Kentucky Wildcats. That's awesome. This is great. Thanks, Kristen. Thanks for your time Thank today. You. Fantastic. <laughs>